Hello and welcome to Recovery, where East meets West, and we learn through Buddhism and psychology how to deal with mental health and health issues. And now for your host, Dr. Tyler Woods and Sharon Francis. Hi, this is Sharon Francis. And this is Tyler Woods, and welcome to Recovery, where we talk about mental health and a Buddhist approach. Today we're going to talk about some of the main principles and the foundations of Buddhism, um, the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path. Uh, I think the Four Noble Truths is the gateway to finding freedom from our suffering. First of all, uh, the first of the Four Noble Truths is that life is about suffering. Yeah. So if you believe that and you acknowledge that, you've already um, mastered step one of the Four Noble Truths. It's true, and we'll go through them more. And, and show two, we'll do the um, Eightfold Path. The Eightfold Path, right. absolutely. And this will give us kind of a systematic and practical way to think about how we're going to relieve our own suffering. And it's true, um, because, and you know, no matter how you look at it, Buddhist psychology has shown to be helpful in working with depression, anxiety, all sorts of mental health disorders and issues. And I think the reason why it's so effective, Tyler, is because it deals directly with the way our brain works and the way our thoughts and feelings create our mood. Yeah, Sharon, I was reading somewhere and doing some research this weekend about um, how they say Buddhism is the only uh, religion and philosophy that is scientifically can be linked to better health and mental health. And I think that's what appeals to me about it the most. Being a nurse, I always come from a scientific perspective and these Buddhist principles, you're able to actually um, apply them to your life and do what amounts to a scientific experiment to see if they actually improve your life or not. And if they don't, then leave them by the wayside. So here's where the Four Noble Truths help. Of course, the four noble truths are simple. They are, the truth is we all suffer. There is a cause of our suffering. There's an end to suffering. And then there is a path that leads us to ending suffering, which that involves the eight uh, full path. Absolutely, Tyler. And one thing that I find interesting is in Buddhism, when we talk about suffering, we're not only talking about physical suffering, but we're talking about mental dysfunction. I think that was the, um, the basis of the word suffering in Buddhist practice in the beginning, is that they weren't talking about physical suffering. They were talking about our mental dysfunction, which ends up being the cause of most of our unhappiness. If there's an issue, it's in the tissue. Absolutely. So, and I think when we're talking about suffering, a lot of our suffering comes from denial of these facts. The denial causes suffering. Everything in our culture is oriented to avoiding discomfort. And with some of the most problematic states of mind, and certainly with depression or anxiety, we often have a tendency to maintain this problem by um, validating it almost, like, oh, I'm depressed, or oh, I can't because I'm, we are attached almost to it. Well, you're definitely owning it if you say anything like I am depressed after the words I am. You put that message out into the universe and I guarantee you 
it will come back to you. It's a scientific fact. There's absolutely no way it can be avoided. That's right. And even things like, I'm a bad person. I'm no good. I can't do it. I don't want. I, 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 I. The problem is when we repeat it often enough, it really becomes our biology, so to speak. Absolutely. These kind of self-obsessive self thoughts bind us, mm -hmm. and they actually create who we are. Um, there's a quote that says, all that we are is a result of our thoughts, which drive our feelings, which motivates our actions. That's right. And then when we have a feeling or a thought, guess what we do? We run with it. <laughs> well, or we use mass, weapons of mass distraction. And that would be things like TV, video games, social media, our telephone, our computers, money, sex, drugs, alcohol, even religion. We want to find ways to not look at what's right in front of us, but this causes suffering. It is. It's just a way of avoiding it. Um, some people use shopping. You know, whatever you're attached to is what you're going to go to when you're suffering to try to yeah. eliminate the suffering. But unfortunately, it never works. It doesn't. But we continue to create weapons of mass distraction. And uh, right now, the weapons of mass distraction is politics, it seems like. Mm -hmm. And we're not focusing on who we are and what's best for us and our personal spiritual growth. An example would be like throwing your fist up in the sky and cursing your fate and losing yourself in destructive behaviors uh, because your depression is too much. But are you dieting or exercising or walking or doing chai chi or counseling or other holistic things? No. No. And you can ask to have depression or anxiety, but suffering really begins when you pile on layers of mental anguish and unhelpful habits such as identifying too much with mm -hmm. the depression or pushing it away too far. Because in either of those cases, you're not being present. You're thinking about the past, you're thinking about the future, and at that point, it, become, it becomes a choice. You know, you don't sleep, you don't eat, you don't go out, you don't take care of yourself, and at that point, you're choosing to be depressed. You are, and I think what's going to be important is... Um, Buddhist psychology makes a very clear distinction between pain and suffering. Pain is an unavoidable aspect of our natural world, and suffering is our reaction to the pain of life. Our personal suffering could include anxiety, depression, fear, confusion, anger, hurt, addiction, jealousy. I mean, the list can go on and on, but our individual and collective suffering is called the first noble truth of suffering. Yes, we suffer. And the second um, noble truth that we want to talk about is that suffering arises from craving. Mm -hmm. uh, when we crave for something, such as my Pepsi that I had to get before I came over here today, mm -hmm. and we get to the Circle K, and the machine <laughs> is out of order with a big sign on it, then I become depressed because I'm thirsty and I can't have my Pepsi and I have to stop somewhere else and I might be late. And my mind just starts to create anxiety that is ridiculous over a soda. Right. And that's because we are attached. And we know the primary focus in Buddhism is not to have attachments. Thus, when Buddhists speak of craving, 
Um, it also speaks of ignorance or delusion. We know that you're not going to die, Sharon, because you didn't get your soda pop. Exactly. And so, you know, attachments and our cravings and our um, addictions to our attachments are the second th um, noble, noble truth. truth. So that's pretty simple. The first noble truth thus far is we suffer. The second noble truth explains why we suffer. And then the third noble truth says um, we can end suffering. Suffering can be extinguished. We don't have to suffer. And there are things we can do to work through our suffering. We can be freed from our suffering by transforming our craving and aversion um, and dispelling the dark cloud of ignorance and confusion with a light of liberating wisdom, basically. And the result is a peaceful state of mind, which is true. I believe is the natural state of our mind. I think that that is how our mind was created. Me too. And, and that's why we have so many issues because we're trying to defeat what the purpose of our mind really is supposed to be doing. And if the cause of our happiness were these things that we're attached to, they would make us happy all the time, Tyler. Exactly, and do they make us happy all the time? No, they do not. If the cause of my happiness was alcohol, let's say, then the more alcohol I drank, the happier I would be. But that is not true. That's true, and, and I'm in recovery. I'm 28 years sober, and we're, we talked about this this morning, um, that we'll be doing a recovery show on uh, recovery from um, you know alcohol and drugs. And it'll probably be at least a two-part one, no I would think. No kidding. It's huge. But this leads me to the final noble truth in the Buddhist prescription to end suffering. That's what the fourth noble truth is is there is a set of rules, and as we talked earlier, it's called the Eightfold Path, also called the Middle Way. And we'll cover the Eightfold Path on our next podcast, but the Buddha says that the four noble truths lead to balanced life. And we need to follow the Eightfold Path, which is a gradual path of self-improvement. Sharon, this does not come overnight. Nothing in Buddhism comes overnight. That's why it's a practice and a discipline. And, and it's a daily practice. And we keep practicing in order to, to gain more wisdom and, and to eliminate our suffering. No wonder the Buddha was commonly referred to as the great physician. Like any therapist or any person who works in the mental health field, his aim was to identify explain and end human suffering not only for himself but for all sentient beings anything that that has a life force and as a therapist i have to tell you that the four noble truths are the method to adopt a diagnostic format to explain suffering and its cure for example the four noble truths are the truth of is suffering the truth and the cause of suffering the truth and the end of suffering, and the truth that leads to the path to end all suffering. In a therapeutic set setting, that would be identifying a disease. Um, the, set, the first one would be identifying the disease. The second one would be providing the etiology. The third would be giving a prognosis. And the fourth would be the remedy or the medication for the cure of the disease. And it's that <laughs> simple. No one looks at it as being so therapeutic and why Buddhist and so psychology. so scientific. It's very scientific. Buddhist psychology just 
really works. And I hope that this helps you understand the Four Noble Truth and how it's used with mental health. I have to tell you, you can go to YouTube. There's a, a, a thing there called Buddha Bits and everything on there is just three minutes. And these little three minute cartoon videos explain more about the Noble Truths and the Eightfold Paths than a lot of the simple things about uh, Buddhism. And don't hesitate to go to a, a class at a temple in your area. If you have a temple in your in your city, you're you're lucky because mm -hmm. there's not one in every city. Here in Tucson, we have several and different ones that follow mm -hmm. different schools of thought. But you know, go to a class. The first class I ever went to was a class on healing the mind and body. And it was about the medicine Buddha, and that appealed to me as a nurse, and that's where I started my practice. And I always return to the medicine Buddha for my own personal healing. Yeah. But and don't hesitate to seek it out. You, you were the one that got me to go to the temple when, uh, you know, we were doing something together musically, right. and and uh, you had said you were at the Buddhist temple and invited me to come. And at that moment in my life, it was just exactly the remedy I needed. So thank you very much. When the time is right, the teacher will it, appear. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> With that said, I'm Tyler Woods saying walk in peace. And I'm Sharon Francis saying don't forget to breathe.